This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my new show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I am searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest, Tim Winders, who is a coach for business owners, executives, and leaders. He also hosts the podcast, Seek, Go, Create, and has a debut novel titled, A Time to Act. Are you out there, Tim? I am here, John. Thank you for inviting me on. Yes, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I did. It's a, uh, a wide uh, range of, of, of interest here with what, what you are and what you do. And uh, I understand that your office and home are in a 39-foot RV. Tell, tell us about that. <laughs> well, my, my wife and I, my wife of over 30 years now, and uh, myself have really been nomads since around 2013. And, we, you know, nomad is kind of a sexy term for homeless. But, uh, but anyway, that's, a, that's another story. But so we've been traveling and we kind of traveled around and spent a little bit of time in the Colorado Rockies in Bible school in about uh, 2015, 16. And then towards the tail end of 2017, we kind of said, hmm, we're finishing up here we'd like to travel again and my wife said i think we should get an rv and john at the time i couldn't my joke was i couldn't even spell rv uh didn't know anything about them you know never grew up around them and uh now i can spell it but only the short version i can't spell the long version of rv so we uh so you know what is what do people do in those situations we searched around and a month later put money down on an RV down in Florida. We were in Colorado at the time, went down there, looked at it and drove it off. So that was the first time I'd driven a 39, 40 foot vehicle and ran over a few curbs along the way. And we, it was an 06, we fixed it up, gutted it. And at the end of the year, 2018, right around the first of 2019, John, we moved in full time. Everything we own is essentially in that RV. We have a couple things in a little bit of a storage unit, but primarily that's all of our possessions. And we just started traveling and and traveled all over in 2019 and a good bit in 2020. Things have changed a little bit, but uh, but that's kind of how we went about that. I know that you said uh, you were in Georgia. Uh, did you go cross country to get back to Georgia? Uh, <laughs> well, what we've done is we uh, we grew up just in in and around the Atlanta area. That's where both my wife and I were from. And and mm -hmm. in 2013, we kind of left out of the Georgia area where we had been most of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we really in the RV spent most of our time out west. We we kind of explored and went around national parks and things all over the western u.s in most of 2019 into 2020 and then when uh this you know when things changed in the world you know around march of around march of 2020 we knew we needed to get back to the atlanta area to tend, tend to some elderly parents that just need a little bit of attention right. and and so we were planning on coming back this direction 
And when we got here, as, as a lot of times we find out, I realized we, we probably needed a little more attention. So we're kind of in and out of our RV now and also helping out our, our families and, and, and doing those things that we need to do. Yes, I recall Hotlanta. I was in the Army in uh, Georgia once upon a time. In, Were you at uh, Fort Benning? Were you down at Fort Benning? No, I was at Fort Gordon, which is oh, outside okay. Augusta. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot here. Yeah. Let's don't, let's don't beat around the bush here. <laughs> At the time we're recording this, you know, in late summer, I went out on a walk this morning and, you know, fortunately this is not on video. I'm still just soaking wet because it is very sure. hot and muggy and humid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same here in uh, yeah. New Braunfels. Tell us about your, your book, Tim. You know, it's interesting. I've never really considered myself someone who would sit down and put 70, 80,000 words on a, on paper or, or computer now. And uh, so interestingly enough, about, about five years ago, my wife and I were on the South Island of New Zealand. Actually, we were, current, we were on the North Island at that time. We had uh, hopped over there from Australia. We were in a camper van, small little equivalent of a van essentially like a toyota van that had a little bed and a little kitchen and we were at tongariro national park which is the middle of the uh, north island big national park and i've been studying some things in scriptures i, I we, we attended bible school for a few years and i'm a, i consider myself in ministry and i do a lot in business and also in ministry and so john what uh what i was doing is i was kind of meditating on the scripture and i won't go into all the detail there and I kind of started thinking about a story, and and I could tell you that that basic uh, thought led to like the first few words of a book and also the finishing point of a book. So so it's been somewhat of a long process, and, and it's come together much slower than I would have thought. But the uh, the book of Time to Act is basically a modern day fable. It's a, a story of a businessman who is going through. You'll get a kick out of this quite a few issues related to his integrity and some things that are going on with his business and his family. And he is contemplating ending his life. And that's all in the first chapter. <laughs> and so, and so that's really a, yeah, that's really a catalyst for a journey that he goes on. And, and the way I really like to word it, and this sounds kind of cheesy and kind of, uh, kind of vague, but, it's really a journey uh, or a fable about finding peace in a world full of chaos. And that's really the journey that he embarks on. And it's a very unique and different journey that allows him to come to that place. Well, I understand uh, all of that uh, personally. And <laughs> I, was reminded, I was reminded yesterday in a telephone uh, conference that... Uh, if it's going to be a journey, make it a heroic journey <laughs> because that you have the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. I mean, really, and, and here's what heroic means to me. I think you write about this on your website and all, and that is overcoming adversity because anyone that's faced with adversity has, I'll, I'll, I'll make it very cut and dry. It may not always be this cut and dry, but you have two choices, you know, wilt away and, and, you know, go away from it or 
overcome it, which which you wrote about so well on your site. And, and that's really basically the story is how this main character over overcomes adversity. And, you know, as, as people, we, we hate going through that, but we love hearing the stories about people that do overcome it. And, and I think it's, you know, there's all kind of words, you know, the hero, courage, overcoming adversity, you know, we could even throw in, you know, the integrity of, of, of staying strong and maintaining focus and, and, you know, doing what we're called to do, all of those things can be thrown into it if we want to be really dramatic. And we need some music in the background, don't we? Um, that would be, uh, that would be what a lot of these stories are about. And, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a funny sidebar, if you'll allow me. My, my wife sure. is, is one of these. She really, she doesn't like to watch movies. We used to watch a number of movies. We don't really watch a lot anymore, but she doesn't like to watch movies that have any conflict or anything that's going on that it could make her a little bit anxious or anything. And, and you know, you, you hate to tell her this, but nobody pays to go see a movie that is, has no conflict or no overcoming. I mean, there has to be a story arc. And the story arc is what you brought up right at the beginning of this question, which is the hero's journey. And so, so that's what people pay the big bucks for to go see uh, these movies, right? Well, supposedly, yes. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I saw where it's, th tell me about the three acts. Oh, the three acts in the book. Yes. What, um, yes. Mm -hmm. for, for some of your listeners and, and for you, they're, Years ago, I read a book called The Greatest Salesman in the World by a gentleman by the name of Og Mandino. And uh, Og Mandino wrote a book that, uh, you know, I guess they would call them fables or modern day parables. And it was a fictional story that had principles that would be universal principles. And so, and so in this book, the story of, of my character, my businessman, who's overcoming adversity, he actually has to go through this process. He actually has a mentor or a coach that's a very mystical figure that he never really knows exactly what this person is. They, he has to go through these principles or acts that we call them to, to get to this place of peace. And the acts are very significant. And the first one is the act of love and which is kind of interesting for him as a business person and kind of a hard charging guy that to get to the next place he needs to in life he has to learn the act of love and there's there's a number of things that he has to go through to learn this and love isn't a feeling it's an, it's not an emotion it's an actual act there's physical things that you do to show love to feel love to have love and uh and so he has to learn that one the next one is the act of faith, and uh, this is a faith in something other than yourself. He has a faith in God and has to, has to grow that and build that. And then the final act is one that brings everything together, and that's the actual act of peace. And that's uh, where one arrives when they're able to combine both love and faith and bring it all together. And so those are the three acts that we really lay out in detail in the novel.
Let me ask you this, Tim. If you have 25 years experience as a business coach, do you have a list of specialties? Do you specialize in anything particular? <laughs> uh, that's a great question, John. And, uh, and I would say there are probably some areas that I would have, I would call it consultative expertise in where I could consult on the details of that industry. But primarily, my expertise is in leadership in general business growth and growing and building an organization. And this sounds, you know, I'll try to say this with some humility. It really does kind of cross all areas and industries. We work with ministries. We work with nonprofits. I work with large companies. I work with small businesses. And the areas that I would say I have a great deal of expertise in would be in the real estate arena because we spent a number of years in that area. And, uh, and so I can't, I actually do have three or four clients that I work with specifically in that area, but I'll say this, the things that I do for them are still more general in nature, uh, business growth, strategic planning, developing mission and values and working with the leadership team or the C-level team and helping them achieve and accomplish whatever they would like to accomplish. And that's really what, uh, what my expertise is. Tell me, Tim, how the uh, how the COVID uh, virus has affected your consulting in this in business environment. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that anyone is going to be unimpacted, if that's a word, unimpa not impacted, I guess, with uh, right. with what's going on. I'll, I'll I'll back up real quickly. I've got a I've got a client that's in the vacation rental industry uh, and down in Florida. And in, in early March, we were communicating. This was getting a little bit kind of odd. I actually had a conference that I attended down in Orlando with 1,800 people, March 7th, 8th, 9th, right around that time, uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th. And then on the 9th, I flew back from Orlando to Denver, where I was at the time. And I remember getting online with this client like the evening of when, when the president here in the United States finally, you know, he kind of got up and said, you know, this is tough. We're going to need to start shutting some things down. And, uh, you know, we need to flatten the curve, if you recall, when we were talking about flattening the curve and right. things like that. This right. client, this client, uh, they make a large percentage of their money in, during spring break, March and April. Uh, some in May, but March and April, and June and July. That's where they make a big chunk of their money because that's when people come from Atlanta, Nashville, and all down to Florida for spring breaks. His phone rang off the hook on Friday the 13th for about 24 hours solid from the 13th into that weekend. And over a 48-hour period of time, John, they lost $600,000 in revenue off the books that was scheduled to come down over the next few weeks. They did have cancellation policies. This is a great, this is a great integrity study right here. They do have cancellation policies that says that you cannot get your money back if you cancel within what 30 days or 45 days of your stay. Well, 
we don't have anything in our policy that mentions a nationwide lockdown in a pandemic. And we got on the phone uh, that Saturday morning, I think it was the 14th, if I recall correctly, and we had this discussion and we, we went back and forth. It was not clear cut because these type decisions have the possibility of shutting down a, a business and costing you know, the owners of the properties quite a bit of money. So we went back and forth and we made the decision. We were gonna communicate with the owners because the owners didn't want, uh, many of them didn't want us to do this. And we made the decision that we were going to refund every dollar that people had reserved for that entire period of time. So it was not going to be $600,000 and oh, we're going to you know, refund 10% or anything like that. We made the decision to do it all. And, and so we basically had 600000 in revenue. And I can tell you most businesses are not positioned to survive that. I suspended my coaching fees for them. I said, listen, let's just keep working together. Don't worry about paying me. Let's cut every bit of every cost that we can. Uh, there's one employee that we need to keep around. Let's let everyone else kind of tell them that they, you know, are going to have to, you know, go on furlough or, or leave. And, uh, and so they shut down and they shut down all of the beaches. They did not reopen till around the first week of June. So, does that give you a good example of uh, a business and how they're impacted? And if you want to know the rest of the story, I'll give you the rest of the story. Well, I don't think we have time for, for that. I yeah, think probably that, not. <laughs> uh, you know, the, my, my reaction to all of that is, ouch. Uh, yeah. But then you can't do much about it. No. Uh, it's, um, so I think that was probably a, a definitely an act of grace that your client, and probably with your recommendation, uh, did that uh, because it is SOP in that kind of language. Uh, mm-hmm. For for instance, in Colorado, I can address that with all the uh, skiing and so forth. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I know that a lot of times, if it didn't snow, then they'd want to cancel. But you know, you've you had a certain period of time to do that. But you know all about that, and uh, mm-hmm. it was um, um, a, a very a very good thing, a very good deed, I should say. Right, right, um, right, right. You, I'm told you have a, I've read, you have a definition of leadership that's never heard. <laughs> I've never heard it anywhere, so I have to be careful, I guess, when, when we say that. Uh, I did a whole season on leadership training on our podcast, our Seek Go Create podcast. I've actually been working in the leadership training and development area for i guess now going on 30 years and john the the definition that i really worked on in this season three of our podcast was that the ultimate leader i actually coined the term the ultimate leader is being a steward or caretaker over those people places and or things that god has blessed you with or god has given you care over. And the reason that I gave that definition, if you notice, it's not a position, it's not a title, it's not a, it's not a role, it's not, uh, you know, being over a bunch of people, or it's not even influence necessarily that a lot of people use as the definition of leadership. It actually is recognizing that we are gifted with many things in this life. And being a leader, an ultimate leader, 
is really being a steward over those things we're gifted with, our families, our spouses, our children, you know, our vehicles, our, our stuff, you know, just taking good care of those things and doing that with, with the thought that at some point you're probably going to have to gift it back to however or whoever blessed you with that. And that's really the definition that I use. And I haven't heard very often, maybe there's something similar, but that's the definition that I like. Good definition. Good definition. Now, there's something here that probably would be of interest for people. Tips for working and making money on the road. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, uh, my wife and I have been traveling now for some time. And, uh, and, you know, prior to February of 2020, a lot of people were just always amazed that, you know, you didn't have to work in an office or be geographically specific is a word I like to use and, and make money. But, uh, you know, now as this pandemic has forced a lot of people to go work from home, a lot of people are thinking differently and I encourage them to do that. My wife worked for a company in Silicon Valley for four years, and she did it while we traveled and then also while we traveled in our RV. And, you know, she did conference calls, video calls, so we needed Internet. And, you know, you could get good Internet in most places in North America nowadays. I say that with a little bit of hesitation because there are some places that it's tougher, but she did a lot of video calls. I have always done coaching and worked with businesses and organizations, and I've always done that virtually. Every once in a while, I'll fly in and visit and just recently did a two-day session with one of my uh, corporate clients. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I actually had a conversation yesterday with someone, John, and we were talking about just online business. And one of the things that came out of that is what I'll encourage your listener to, to do if they're even thinking about it. And that is if you have any type of passion, hobby, or interest, I encourage you to just investigate if it is possible to begin monetizing or making some money by talking about it, teaching someone else how to do it, or just being a big fan of it. There are people right now that blog and do podcasts about Disney World, and they make money doing it. There are people that sit around and watch Netflix, which I would say typically you can't make money doing it, but they do reviews on shows and they are making money doing it. So there are so many opportunities. And I think the world we're in today, people are going to be embracing doing, I'll call it non-geographic specific work more and more. Tim, tell our listeners how to find you. Yeah, thank you, John, for that opportunity. The, the best place for people to find me and just connect and, and really watch what we're doing is to go to our podcast, which is Seek, Go, Create. It's just those three words, three short, simple words, and they could find that at SeekGoCreate.com. That's SeekGoCreate.com. And, uh, and then they could click around. We've got a lot of information on that website. They can contact me and contact us and, and just connect with us in a lot of ways. And there's links there to all our social media channels and where they could connect on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. But that's the best place I would recommend people go. That way can, they can keep up to date on, on the books that are coming out and, and all that we're doing in business and things like that. Well, thank you, Tim. 
and thank you listeners for tuning in to Searching for Integrity. So long and happy trails to all.